Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. I'm your host, Mike Davis, and each week I bring you conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and inspiring positive social change across a wide variety of sectors. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy the next 40 minutes guaranteed to inspire you with our signature blend of wisdom, experience, and banter. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. Again, it's being from the consulting industry and looking at it, I did find there is a pattern of often the more senior people would go in and and create the opportunities and then a lot of the work is done by more junior staff and then the senior people step back in and do some of the facilitation. I think there's a lot of nuance that's lost when that happens. Um, So one of the things that Rich and I were really... Um, we did very purposefully is just make it ourselves and it forces us to do an engagement from end to end. Great to be back with you here as always. I want to start by just expressing my gratitude for our recent promotional package clients and new Supercast members who have really helped us to fast track the move to podcast sustainability. Following our fresh rebrand, we've now updated our promotional package prospectus, which you'll find in our show notes and on our website at humansofpurpose.com. Our promotional packages enables values-aligned people and organisations to reach our growing listener audience, translating to over 10,000 episode listeners per month in Australia and globally, as well as our growing social media community. This is the chance to connect with our wonderful socially conscious audience, of whom 76% are 25 to 44 years old, and around 74% are also senior professionals in their field. We limit these promotional opportunities to just 10 out of 50 each year to help us fund the podcast and have just a couple more spots remaining for the year. You can learn more about this limited opportunity and get in touch via our show notes. As a keen listener, if you want a bit more Humans of Purpose every week, now is a great time to become a member with 30% off our monthly and annual memberships happening until the end of winter. With memberships, you'll get every episode ad-free, bonus audio note on each guest, a full transcript of each episode, as well as my top five insights from each episode and more. This week, we welcome Sarah to our growing membership base. Check out the link in our show notes to learn more. We are proud to be sponsored by the great folk at Neon Treehouse, who are still the best digital agency on the planet Earth. Check out our show notes to learn more. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Felicity Green to the podcast. Felicity and I became fast friends after crossing paths in the for-purpose sector about eight years ago. She's bright, bubbly, whip-smart, and a great exemplar of the modern consultant. So much so that I followed her to work in her team at Spark in my last job, where she was co-founder and CEO. She's since begun a new chapter as co-founder and director of Ensemble Strategies. She's also a board director at WaterAid Australia. I think you'll enjoy this conversation that I've very deliberately entitled Consulting Decoded in recognition of the appeal of Felicity's flexible, authentic and direct approach to collaborative solution making. Now, on with the show. Here at the Commons with Felicity Green, it's really cold, but we have coffee from a place that was way too cool to serve us. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. (laughs) How was that walking into like a... um, yeah, like a, a open brick studio coffee house. Look, it put me back in my place. Um, yeah. It also gave me fond memories. I just moved out of Collingwood a couple of years mm. ago, so I did feel a little bit at home. 
I contracted like a raisin. I was <laughs> not up for the challenge and uh, I felt uncool. But um, we've got our it's coffees. It's all right. We're here now. We're here now. And um, I've missed you and I'm really happy to yeah, see you. Yeah, likewise. You were back on the podcast uh, many moons ago. Yep. I think um, probably before I joined Spark or around that time. I think it was. It was just before you joined. I remember I was pregnant and now I have an over one-year-old. So that kind yeah. of gives a nice sense of the time. That's a good news, like closing the loop story. <laughs> yes. You were pregnant and it happened. It happened. And it's now still alive. And it's going you, well. And now you have one as well. Oh, it's so weird. It's the weirdest thing like because of the time lapse. But, yes, yep. I now have a one-month-old. Um when you hear this episode, Marlo will hopefully be two months old. Amazing. So very good times. All right, let's get into, I think, you know, your story is really interesting, how you came to do what you do. So I think um, I want to talk about the present and your new yeah. venture, which yep. sounds awesome, but I just want to get a little bit of a recap of your story, which I've heard before, but is awesome. What do you um, mean not everybody would have listened to the other episode? Oh, look, episode uh, 157 <laughs> featuring Felicity Group, very popular. <laughs> But not every human possible. All right, all right. Let's do it in a, in a little um, wound up version. Yeah, um, I can tell you the interesting parts if you like. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> you yeah. can be my hype man. Um, so essentially, spent a lot of my twenties in China. Opened my eyes to the great inequity that was in the world. Um, came back, got that kind of high flying corporate management consulting career. Decided it was actually a little bit boring, just helping big telcos with, you know, 2% on their bottom line. And um, instead thought, I really want to be a strategist, but I want to do it for purpose. This was quite a long time ago. It was about a decade ago. So the for purpose space was still burgeoning here in Melbourne. Um, And from my little brief look around, I couldn't really find something that married those two desires together. So decided to partner up and start a new venture. Um, that was focused around social impact consulting, grew that. Obviously, that's where we met and we did a bit of a tag team as I was exiting and going on mat leave and, and you were coming in. The old spark. The old spark. The old spark um, yep. <laughs> Yes. And so then I think with some time away, um, it had gave me time to reflect and think what is the impact journey that I want mm-hmm. to have. And having worked for many, many years in the space, I saw a gap in those strategies that bring lots of different bodies together to actually focus on issue or focus on place. So, for example, I'm working at the moment in the area of disaster resilience and how do you bring a local council, a large not-for-profit, a tech innovator together and say, how do we how do we get people in this location to be prepared for disasters so that they feel it like a bump in the road rather than a car crash when it hits? So uh, January this year I partnered up with a long-time former colleague, and we launched Ensemble Strategy. The bougie, Shout out to Richie Fader. Yeah, woo. woo. Um, the Bougie Ensemble yep. is just kind of a fancy way of saying together. It's yeah. the French way of saying together. Yeah. And I, I think, thought you were going all orchestral on me. <laughs> well, like, it kind of um, is as well. Yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of is as well if you think about, you know, all these different notes coming together, the different in- instruments creating this Do beautiful you mean you, song. Um, Richie's oboe and definitely, your guitar? Definitely, definitely, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> My poor parents paid for nine years of guitar lessons for me and I'm still shocking. I suck. I suck. I used to play guitar also. You've either got that cool gene or you don't. Yeah. And yeah I just listen I to other cool don't. people now and yeah. that's the better way to do it, <laughs> I found. Right. That's right. So, look, I guess that's the kind of essence of what we're doing now. We'll talk a bit more. Sorry, I cut you off about yeah. ensemble. No, like the idea. no, no. So, basically, it's around, yes, obviously, organisations in the for-purpose space, you need to be robust, resilient financially, et cetera. That's kind of a given. 
we're looking at how do you actually take it to the next level. Make sure that if you're working in an issue, let's say family violence, that you really understand what all the other organisations are doing, what the funding shifts are happening, what beneficiaries need, the demographic changes, etc. But also thinking a little bit more laterally around who else you could partner with to co-create some of these collective strategies, which no one really owns. People will drive it or they have different roles. Mm. But what I, in my reflection, it was kind of that, that obvious high-level reflection of we're not getting the fundamental shifts that we need in strategies to achieve some of these SDG targets. Like we're in this what's meant to be the decade of action. I think all of these insular incremental strategies are just not going to get us there. Yeah. So we're focused on how do you bring the right people around the table, have the right conversations, mm. and then be brave, brave enough to play with some different strategies and governance models to try things that are, are really quite different. Mm. That sounds really cool. So um, I guess the idea is like we can um, – we can be more than the sum of our parts by joining together for collective action. Absolutely. It's like one plus one plus one equals a billion. Yeah. It's, it's not what three. We're going for. I can no. tell you it's not and three. It's not, it's not a window either. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a bad collaboration, maybe it's minus. It's less it could than be. three. It maybe could it's be. like two. And that's why I think it's the, it's about doing the strategy right. Yeah. And, you know, with partnerships, obviously it takes time and you've got to kind of date each other before you jump into bed mm. and all of this type of stuff. Wait, you're dating, you're sometimes, dating, just, sometimes. You're dating your clients or not? Just to be clear. <laughs> Jason might not be happy with that. Okay, Jason. It was a metaphor. It was a metaphor. Everything's fine. We're going well here. This is going to be an excellent podcast. (laughs) But that's it. That's about having the right governance around it without making it all too serious. Yeah. But saying, what are we actually here for so that we don't have these huge talk fests? Yeah. And like, I think one thing you do really well, I've always liked about your style is, um, let's just be honest, people don't like consultants. Oh, 100%. Um, they don't want to work. Everyone hates a consultant. No one wants, once you say you're a management consultant, <laughs> you're all, it's, it's sort of like being probably like a, I don't know, what's. Maybe a dentist. Dentist. Yeah. Ta- tax lawyer. Yeah. Sorry, Igor. Parking inspector. Parking inspector. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not as bad as but those. No one's but... friends with a parking inspector. Do you know anyone who's friends with one? <laughs> no. They, I reckon, they sort of sign a pact with the devil. Where they just sort of say, "I will go through the rest of my life friendless because this mm. is my vocation." Mm-hmm. And I accept the part of it is not having friends as well. Maybe. Yeah. Umpires. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be harsh on everyone. But it's it's true. Like sometimes it's, oh, here's the consultant again. And I think one of the things that we try and do is it's such a failure if you go through a process and then the team that you're working with refers to it as the ensemble strategy strategy. It's, no, we were there partnering with you. We're not going to do it to you. You don't want to badge up on everything? No. And I'm working with an organisation in the in the HIV space at the moment and it's it would be inappropriate of me to go in there and run everything and impose different systems and structures and engage directly with some of the communities. It's about how do I help them drive some great conversations. And so enable me to step into the ensemble um, mm-hmm. metaphor. So do you kind of, are you a bit like the maestro? A little bit. Yeah. And I think sometimes. The stress? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, I'm I don't know if it's a gendered term. Enough. I'm not sure. Hopefully. Because um, what do we do with actors now? Is it everyone an actor? Everyone's an actor, I think. I think so. I think that's yeah. the acceptable. So I'll take maestro. Okay. That's, I, feel like, I feel like that's Let's good. Let's run with that. I think it's that and then it's also sometimes going in and being a music teacher where some, some things need a bit of fine tuning and sometimes just going that instrument is old and battered and no longer serves yeah, its look, purpose. Yeah, your oral is just not hitting the mark. <laughs> yes. 
So I just need to hear a few more bars and also your oboe is really out of tune. But then it's also saying, okay, cool, so we've been playing this for a school concert. Let's actually now go global and see if we can connect with other orchestras around the world and do one big show together. Yeah. It's that type of thing. And then let's go on Spotify. I'm too far, too far, <laughs> too far, sorry. Licensing things. Licensing you, sorry, yeah. unethical, my bad. Um, no, it's very, it's very interesting. So, I mean, if you had to think about the things that you've learned from mm. conventional consulting that you'd had to unlearn, yep. what might they be, like some of the big things of how do you just be, like, good at doing the same yep. work but not as a traditional out-of-the-box consultant? Yeah, I think a lot of consulting comes in with a set process and set <laughs> templates and you push people from this is our ideas phase, now you're testing that. And a lot of the time I think it doesn't necessarily allow for the flex that's needed to stay in the strategic ambiguity sometimes. Yep. Yep. Um, I think you have to go in and, yes, we all need to drive outcomes. You don't want to be that, that consultant that's just hanging around for ages. But sometimes I think it's it's recognising actually we need to go broader. We need to understand what's happening innovatively in this space, you know, across the world or we actually haven't had the chance to engage that beneficiary group. We need we need some more time there. I think a lot of consulting is is pushing through a process. And I think the other thing is around giving space and time to bring those other ancillary actors that maybe sometimes we hadn't thought of into the room and getting their perspectives as well instead of just going, let's do a SWOT analysis with our team. Mm. Let's do a PEST and, mm. and, and kind of go from there. Mm. So what I think I'm hearing is a little bit like um, I'm not just going to take all the different clients or people or organisations on my journey. No. I'm going to go with them on a journey. A hundred percent. And you have to come in and have – some sense of being able to drive and lead, but then it's responding to actually, you know, in an authentic way, looking specifically at the situation and saying, this is the value that needs to be explored. Always, always keeping at the centre, what problem do we exist to solve for who, why us? And then I think it's the, and how do we need to make this big fundamental shift that's actually going to move the landscape. I think that final question I never I never used to ask, mm. whereas now I see a really strong imperative to do so, like time is running out. Yeah, because I think, you know, for people who don't know consulting well or haven't worked in the space, it's a bit like you've got a model that you think works for um, just about everyone and you're sort of trying to walk clients through this model with varying degrees of flex around each phase and then 100%. that's what makes it easier to, you know, understand what the value of a project is, what it costs, how to change. So is that does the more flexible approach that you're taking make it a bit more challenging to figure out cost models and stuff? It does, but in a way it's sort of a personal choice. You've got to either say trust me to the client yeah. and we'll put a cap on it at this stage yeah. or run the process and go I'll just flex if needs be. Yeah. Um, I'm really against that kind of clock watching. Yes. Um, you know, I think back in my corporate days, I had to do ti- timesheets mm. to six minute increments. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's a terrifying thing. It's, strategy needs time yeah. for thought to percolate. I think we we actually kind of ingest material in a lot of different ways. And if you're actually going to do really good thinking, you can't just box that and compartmentalize it into different process steps and then expect that it will pop out the end. What do you think about when you sort of see all these things in the AFR, like, you know, PwC appoints 107 new partners and the the growth of the big four despite all this sort of world catastrophe? It's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. And look, to be honest, all power to them. Mm. And I think different types of consulting can be really valuable for different purposes. I think 
um, probably in the for-purpose space, um, it might be less appropriate to have that kind of big scaled model. I think what we need to do is partner deeply, have deep thinking, deep exploration. And actually probably to go back to your question around what's something a bit different that I've learned. Yep. One thing that I'm I'm really enjoying exploring at the moment, which has come of some new governance models <clears throat> that I'm helping some clients develop, is actually how do we draw on some traditional wisdom? We get very caught up in what's innovative, what's next. I mean, I, I live and breathe contemporary 21st century ethics, that type mm. of thing. Actually, let's look at those First Nations people from here, from New Zealand, from across the world that have actually cared for this land and cared for their communities for many thousands of years before we got here and in yep. a pretty short period did a lot of damage. Yep. yep. Um, so that's what's interesting. I'm, I've been with my clients that are probably a little bit more open to some alternative ways of doing things. We've been exploring concepts like Dadiri, which is around deep listening, so making sure that you're centred within yourself, centred within within place and really listening rather yep. than just rushing straight into trying to force the solutions mm. as well. So there's a, there's a lot in that. I'm actually reading a book at the moment called The Dreaming Path. Mm. Um, which you recommend is, it? Um, I'm halfway through. So far, yes. Mm. It's a little bit rather than to business, it's tailored to an individual mm. and how traditional First Nations thinking can help your mental health and your personal life. Mm. Fascinating. I think we kind of have a responsibility to learn a little bit more yeah. about Aboriginal culture. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, I, I my duty was a bit sort of through the Williamson program, oh, yes. the Leadership Victoria's program. So um, just going through that and learning a lot that I didn't know and being exposed to a lot more about our First Nations yeah. society and communities. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's really quite shocking that um, for me, a lot of my interaction with um, First Nations people has just been through saying, okay, in your life you never – come across First Nations people. So why don't you go out and find them and put them on the podcast with you and actually have that deep listening interaction and exchange. So I've actually had most of my um, interactions and then they sometimes develop into friendships, sometimes not, but usually, you know, there's a good um, association there. You know, having that chance to sit down and really connect and hear from Mm. First Nations people has been a real game changer for me. Absolutely. I remember in in a past life working with the Miriam Rose Foundation and um, some people listening might know Miriam Rose was um, Senior Australian of the Year last year for the opportunities that she creates for young Aboriginal children to be educated through through art and through Indigenous practices as well as um, Western practices as well. She has this theory of walking into in both worlds, in two worlds. But it was an interesting experience because going and consulting there, I just had to really snap out of that the, the kind of paradigms that we would normally use saying, what does success look like for you? Oh, it's, instead it becomes things like, what does it look like when your community is thriving and it's yeah. that type of engagement Yeah, it's instead. different. It's so different. And, like, you know, it's really interesting because some people love the what does success look like kind of approach to yeah. life um, because it's very black and white and some people have a real vision of where they want to go. But some people, you know, think very differently. Different communities think differently about success and they might not even have a, the word for success. Oh, 100%. It's like just communal thriving might be their vision of yeah. success. Yeah, I prefer language around aspirations. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a tricky one. And I think some of the things you talk about, like deep listening, is it Jiri Jiri? Um, Dadiri. Dadiri, yep. my bad. Um, that I feel like that's a concept that you could import even to sort of like uh, more old school clients and mm. they, they would embrace that 
because it's, you know, it's useful and it takes you somewhere. Absolutely. Without being frightened by the cultural context or anything. Yeah, and, you know, maybe maybe with some of those clients you've got to pick where where they're at and what kind of activities and language you can do with them. I probably, with some that are just at the start of that journey, I wouldn't ask them to take off their shoes and go and stand outside for a minute and centre them. Seems appropriate. I think I would lose them in a second. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, as you know, yeah. with stakeholder engagement it's all about your nows and making yep. sure you can – and you don't you don't want to lose an audience straight away. Yeah, but also not everyone should take off their shoes even when invited. I mean, if you have sure. foot issues, keep, keep them <laughs> – just say something. Just say, just say something. You know? <laughs> if you have really good sneakers and you have a sneaker collection, not thinking about either of us, you know, you may not want to take out your um, $150, $200 Air Jordans, you know. 100% if they're white, they're not going on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So good. I love that. Yeah, this is very interesting. And so do you think like on reflection, um, the way that you do things now, mm-hmm. you have more tools or less tools to at your disposal that you use? Or do you just use less tools? I think, I've got, I think I've got so many in my tool belt, yeah. which are just in my head. Yeah. Um, and just from, you know, when it is your practice. Yeah. But they're, they're not like, um, they're not like intentional models that no. you just push people for. No, I barely ever use one. Yeah. To be honest, I have an overall process which sort of talks about. You know, scoping, engaging, shaping, sense making, and I think that's a, that. that's quite similar for every um, problem there's, solving there's journey. There's nothing yeah. new under the sun, yeah. there, right? Yeah. You can call it ideation, you can call it sense making, yeah. whatever sense making. I quite like. I like it, and that's why I tried to draw a little bit more yeah. again on these different philosophies. You know, I think sense making is becoming more and more relevant because of all the noise mm. um, surrounding every problem. Yeah, like how do you separate an organisation's <laughs> internal issues from um, the highest inflation figures and cost of living pressures we've ever seen. Absolutely. I think also how do you separate the loudest voices from actually where there is an issue or a problem that needs to be solved. And hearing the silence. Yeah. So where where is that kind of – where is the silence coming That's from beautiful. and what yeah. does it represent, yeah. you know? Like who, who would be in that chair speaking if that chair's empty, you know? Exactly. I know that's a pretty bad example, but that's what Amazon used to do. They had um, mm. an empty chair in every board meeting with Bezos and the, the empty chair would represent the customer. Oh, I kind of like that. It's good. Yeah. I mean, look, it'd be better if they didn't run sweatshops, but um, <laughs> I do like having deliveries that run on time, so <laughs> it's a bit of a... <laughs> One of the interesting ones that came off recently... Um, I learned it from um, Roman, I can never pronounce his surname um, correctly, but he wrote um, How to Be a Good Ancestor. Oh, yeah. And it's it's all about how do you do long-term thinking and long-term planning in a short-term world. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly interesting. It's actually Kate Raworth's um, partner, and so she's the donut economics really? woman. Yeah, I know this power couple economist Jesus. philosopher. She's like, um, she's like, um, sort of like the of that world, the Jordan Peterson, the I, a- I academic know. rock star. I know, that, that I know. Space. Yeah. So they're just this power couple. But in his work, he talks about this model. Um, which Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, that's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. was used in Korea, and I think it might still be used today, where you take a normal citizen's jury, but instead of it just running as a normal engagement talking about, you know, the, the times of today, 
the jury is split into two and half of the jury has to pretend that they're from a couple of hundred years in the future. And so actually oh, as you're dope. running yeah, as you're yep. running these initiatives through to see if they'll pass, um, it it forces you to think about, well, what will your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren potentially, how will this affect them? I'd be like, why are you speaking? Yeah. We have Neuralink. Yeah. Like, just don't talk. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I would yeah, not I'm be sure good. The, I'm sure the form <laughs> is is not quite representative of where we might You're be You're wasting energy through speech. <laughs> just just think what you want us to do. Yeah, yeah. I would not be good for one of those. <laughs> yeah, you'd be banned. You'd be put in the naughty, in the naughty corner. Is there a section for those that can't Did put you always in the get like – Edward DeBono, did you get his black hat? Yeah. Were, you, were you the one that had, okay, we'll just give Mike the black hat. I ran DeBono's hats once um, for a group and it was um, a spectacular success. I, I think like it is a good any, – any exercise that takes people inherently out of their set ways of thinking and under, makes them um, – I guess exposes them to different ways of thinking and yeah. how their way might be quite limited, yeah. very useful. I think it also works well for group dynamics when people are no longer representing just what maybe their personal view or personal opinion is. It forces yeah. them to actually step outside and think, oh, no, now I have to be the positive person or now I'm being the yep. risk person. Oh, I hate this. I have to be the person who thinks in facts. <laughs> this is the worst. I just want to think strategy. I always wanted to be the green hat. It's like, and then the new ideas that could build on that. No, let's think in emotional terms. This is a shit strategy. <laughs> this is going to offend everyone. <laughs> oh, so good. I can feel that our coffees are kicking in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's really just uh, upping, the, upping the, the skill and the banter. With, with a choice to, to sort of start something like Ensemble where there's mm. two of you, Mm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of choice open to you, not having a set model of doing things. Yeah. What's the rationale, lifestyle or otherwise behind that? Yeah. So one of the things, again, it's being from the consulting industry and looking at it, I did find there is a pattern of often the more senior people would go in and and create the opportunities and then a lot of the work is done by more junior staff and then the senior people step back in and do some of the facilitation I think there's a lot of nuance that's lost when that happens. Um, so one of the things that Rich and I were really, um, we did very purposefully, is just make it ourselves. And it forces us to do an engagement from end to end. And as we've been doing it, we have been saying, oh, my God, goodness, there is ac- we, are, we were missing things before. Yes, we have to do 10 interviews in a row. But then we can we can do more of that sense making, see those patterns. So part of it is around quality for that. The other part is around our lifestyles. So we both have young families. Um, and I, I, I'm surprised because Richie's never mentioned his kids before. <laughs> give, give Richie <laughs> half the chance and you'll hear all the stories First about thing Eloise that comes and out Grace. Of his mouth. First thing that comes out. Oh, let me tell you about the kids. <laughs> it's so good. Before I even say my name, I'm yeah. going to tell you all about my kids. Oh, shit, I forgot my name. <laughs> you just nailed it. He's the best. Nailed it. He's the best. He's the most happy, cuddly dad that's there it. is. He's just, he made me want to be a dad more than oh, I knew I wanted to be a dad. See, that's so wonderful. And hopefully he hears that or you can tell him if he doesn't oh, listen. That he will. Yeah. He will hear it. Um, <laughs> but that was part of it. So at the moment he's away in the UK yep. for a month um, going back home. Obviously his mum hasn't seen his kids in a number of years, and we just wanted that flexibility to be able to do it. We were running hectic consulting models, you know, really busy teams, and I think that's fantastic and it was a really wonderful, you know, step in our in our careers, but now we want to go deep and sustainable is, is sort of where we're at. Yeah, it's beautiful. So you've sort of built something where you're in a lot more control around the flow of traffic, which is always a problem yeah. in consulting. It's like yeah. we're either um, undersupplied in yeah. the pipeline or we're oversupplied, yeah. but we're never in yeah. the perfect state. Yeah. But you, 
through making a lifestyle choice yep. that both of you have in common yep. and deciding not to be growth cookie monsters, you can sort of go at the right pace. Yeah, it's it's been wonderful and our networks have been wonderful. We're a relationship business, right, you know, as, as you're a relationship you person as well. Or, <laughs> sorry, not for Jason. Back to the dating. It's not for dating. <laughs> different kind of relationship. But it, it, it's just wonderful. So the the pace is great. Yes, we're, I'm, I really avoid, we avoid the term saying busy now, but there's lots of great projects on, but we're also just saying no. I think it's saying that you're busy is a bit of a wanker. Oh, I'm so sick of think? it. Like, yeah. oh, how are you? I'm really, oh, It's so the you, default. It's actually the default. It's the implied, yeah. um, I'm busier than you are. It's, so you wouldn't understand. It's a understand. kind of a status thing. Status, um, So, yeah, there are lots of interesting projects that we work on, mm. but we do have that that flexibility to say, okay, you know, how much does this align to our own impact agenda? Is this going to make a significant difference? Yeah. Um, are the people great to hang out with? Yep. You know, that's a really big thing for us. Are they us. a good hang? That's, that's yeah, the same criteria that uh, stand-up comedians use when they're <laughs> sort of thinking about who should I bring on the road to, you oh, know, to open it. for me. That's it. It's like if you get stuck at an airport with someone, yep. or, you know, snowed in, can you stand that person? Yeah. So that's a There's big one. There's so many people I'd say no to for that. It's insane. <laughs> There's been like a handful I'd say yes to. <laughs> yeah. You'd be one of them. I'd go in an airport with you. Thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm sure, sure we'd find Only a, a whiskey bar somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Qantas or Emirates Lounge would be preferable. Um, but. You know, I would take other lounges too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's probably the main the main things about it, and then also just that thing of it's pretty sexy when you say no. Mm. Um, and it's a huge turn on for guys. Is. I can tell you. <laughs> so, so then, you know, we, we we legitimately say no to a lot of things, and then we often get those people coming back to us with more interesting, different projects. So I think when you're doing it authentically, um, there's there's a way to make it work and that's the whole point is we wanted a sustainable consulting career in the for-purpose space. Like I think it's such a – I mean I, I love it because I think, you know, it's a lot harder to have a respectful no that's effective if you're a bigger agency but if you're two people who have made a lifestyle choice to yep. only do things yep. that fit in with their yep. – what they can do yep. and what you said earlier, which I love and I think it's the best thing you've said about why would you work with the ensemble would mm. be that um, the shit doesn't roll downhill. No, so doesn't. when the work comes in, yeah. um, you're the one who sells the work yep. and you do the work. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get more authentic than no. that. No, that's right. And I think, you know, we had a good example of it recently. We've been working with the State Library on some great, great um, coaching, mentoring pieces and we were waiting for, you know, the next piece of that to come through where another client who was really high profile in a really worthy cause came to us, but it was with a project management refresh framework, a lot of money, you know, very strategic in terms of building that relationship. It was like, nah, we want to go play with the entrepreneurs and help, you know, the face of who gets invested in change in Melbourne because it is still very predominantly straight white male mm. invest mm. who gets invested in. And we had the opportunity to work with these international students at the start of their journey, help them with, you know, all facets of being a founder. Mm. So we made the very non-business-like decision to, to reject to reject the former and actually go with the library and do that. And mm. now it's exploded into a range of different opportunities mm. and it is invigorating us as well. I think that's one thing is you can't underestimate the fact that you have to be energised by the work yourself. Oh, 100%. Mm. There's work that either inflates or deflates, I feel, or just keeps you on that path. And it's always good to step into opportunities that uh, are inflationary. Yes. Um, not like fiscally, but you know, just, you know. <laughs> don't, don't mention the war. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to make career decisions as well for other people is like, um, are these opportunities expansive mm. or are they going to 
put me in a box. And you can tell very intuitively straight away when you wake up. It's not that you have to come bounding out of bed every morning and skip off to work, but it's when you sit there. It's it's the Sunday night feeling, right? Sunday night feeling. Do you get that anxiety of, oh, and a bit boredom of of going, oh, this is what I've got ahead of me? Or is it, oh, I have to solve that problem and I get to have those conversations and I need to do a bit of research there. And if you're getting intellectually stimulated, you feel like you're actually adding value. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's also a bit like, and this could just be my senior hat on, but I think it's like you don't feel like taking sick days no. ever. Like no. if you're enjoying your job, um, like it's rare that you'll feel a need to, unless you are really sick. Yeah. I've noticed that about my work, yeah. you know, been at um, Info Exchange and loving it now for six months and I haven't had a sick day and Amazing. just don't feel like I will have one. Amazing. Um, I probably will at some point when Marlo gives me some sort of Oh, disgusting once you, once illness. You put them in daycare. Yeah, yep. it's going to be great. <laughs> Look forward to that info exchange finance department. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I wanted yeah. to play a little game with you because I know that you are a deep thinker. Um, are there expressions, first of all, that you think about um, or, you know, quotes or aphorisms mm. that apply to kind of how you think now and your sort of new mindset with Ensemble? Mm. I'll throw out one to start because yeah, I, I know give I'll give put you an example. Walking towards the fire yes. is one that I really think about a lot now. So whenever, whenever there's conflict or there's a problem, you know, the human instinct is to run away yeah. or to call for help. Yeah. Um, I think the way that we grow increasingly is to walk towards the fire. Oh, so, I really love that. Yeah, so I try and um, think about that a lot now where there's a yes. problem. Um, you know, if there's a problem that's going to test me emotionally and mentally, you know, am I am I getting close enough to that problem or, oh, am, I, or am I being avoided? Yes. You know? I can't think of an exact quote, but I think probably more of a philosophy mm. that drives a lot of what we're doing yeah. is around this kind of concept of Ubuntu, where yeah, yeah. This, this interconnectedness. And I think every time that I start to get a little bit myopic when I'm working with a client and it becomes a little bit more around mm. how do we defend our funding streams, how do we protect this thing that we've got, how do we own the issue, yeah. it's remembering the interconnectedness of everything in the world and yeah. saying, well, actually – Doing this is is a bit of a destructive way. Yeah, and so Ubuntu from um, African philosophy is the concept of you are, therefore I am. That's right. So I am not. I, I can't be me without you being you. Exactly. Sort of, yeah. Exactly. So it's yeah. about it's about yeah, really understanding and respecting what else is going on in the space, but thinking about how as collective we might be able to move things yeah. forward together. Your humanness enables my humanness. Exactly it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I get, yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't well, need to explain it further. No, because I was going to originally call um, purposeful Ubuntu. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I didn't because um, my sister told me that nobody understands African words, <laughs> so you're an idiot, don't do it. And I think she was wrong on that one, but uh, still, still, we're still speaking. We're you know, still, she, still she lives speaking. down the street. I love that. <laughs> She's love great. That. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would say that and I think um, the other thing that I always check is the like what's different about this Mm. because, again, repeating status quo thinking, repeating the same things, I mean, why have I been brought in then? Like why why are we even doing this strategy if it is just kind of a compliance tick box, not really interested? So it's I think sometimes people are such good communicators and, 
you know, they create really strong narratives and there's a lot of different agendas that go on in organisations. So sometimes it's being able to just step back and go, hang on, I need to have this helicopter view again and it's my role Mm. to provoke, you know, respectfully challenge but make sure that I really am helping move things forward. That's very good. One more that I just want to um, put out there because I think about it constantly and I'm still not sure I understand it completely but it has been useful for me, Mm. is the fox knows many things, the hedgehog knows one big thing. Oh, explain that to me. It's, I think what it means, for me, what it means is there can be, um, you can be a really cunning actor yep. who's very savvy and running around yep. um, doing a lot of different kind of Machiavellian things. Yes. But um, there are deeper truths yeah. at, at play. Yeah. And I think knowing who you are and really understanding deeper truths yes. can, can enable you sort of the best defence or the way to kind of I love that. really thrive. Yeah, I think in a very basic way of interpreting that, that's kind of what we've done with Ensemble with our own, the kind of work that we do. You know, it's not broad management consulting. Yeah. We can, yes, we know project management. Yeah. Yes, we know operating models, all of that type of stuff. Yep. But actually where we are best place is these great strategic conversations, facilitation, all of that. And we're playing with, you know, a sort of a flagship, flagship pro, um, program at the moment where we're trying to make that a bit more accessible for people who can't necessarily always afford strategy consultants, where we're bringing cohorts together to help develop strategic mindsets. Yep. And I think that's that bit of saying we could be the fox that's running around being like, what kind of problem do you have? Sure, sure, we'll do it. We'll yeah. just figure it out later yep. how to do it, yep. um, which is very common in the consulting Absolutely. space. Yep. Instead, we're like, let's hedgehog this. Let's and hedgehog let's just this. Go, That's your conversion yeah. of that expression. Let's hedgehog this. That I should ma- be on your I website. I made it a verb. I made it a verb <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, even yeah, just yeah. in this little yeah. conversation. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Done the Google thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, second part of the game is mm. what are things that people shouldn't should stop saying because you you <laughs> made it up earlier with the I'm busy. I'm, how oh, are you? Busy. Oh, I'm really busy. I'm so busy. Yeah, yeah. So I'll kick off again. Yeah. So, so um, my first one would be is if you're at a networking event, try not to ask as your first question, what do you do? Yeah. It's very boring. Yeah. Um, and it's very yes, um, I agree. prescriptive yep. without kind of yep. seeking to know anything about the person's character or, yes. you know. Yes. It's a bit like where are you from for someone who doesn't have white skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still getting a bit cringe Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, and my favourite, I saw this on a comedy skit once, is like um, there's this great story that a guy tells where he's on a on a plane and, mm. and the, there's a really boring guy sitting next to him and um, he's like, where are you off to today? Same place as you, buddy. <laughs> I love that. Until you said the punchline, I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same flight, bro. Oh, it's like the weather, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the weather should be, that's a banned topic. Yeah. It, I mean, COVID's clearly banned. COVID is bad. COVID's gone. We're all traumatised. I think yeah. that's that's fine. Unless someone has it, you need to be you know sorting something out. A networking it. event would be like, have you had COVID recently? Yeah, that's that. You can't say that. <laughs> I would say that. That's that would be my thing to say. Has anyone in your family had COVID oh, that's recently? So good. No, I think I think the thing that um, if I sort of bring it back to to good strategy, mm. it's starting the conversation in our previous strategy. So it's going, oh, yeah, yeah, so here are our four pillars and this is what we do. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. Let's actually park that for the moment. Yeah. 
and let's explore the current and future problems that need to be solved. Yeah. I think so many times I walk in, it's like, oh, we've started the strategy process because here's what here's what what we do and here's what we've done. And I think it's it's easy to do that and it's comforting, mm. but it does actually hinder the thinking yeah. to be able to say where where are what are the needs and what role should we be playing considering all the other things? Yeah, that's cool. So I think probably just being entrenched in the in the current and the past is something I think people need to let go of a little bit. I like the current slash future state thinking you're doing. I think that's really useful. Do you still um, – I know we used to say a lot, what does success look like for mm. you? Is that something that's still on the, on the okay list? Um, I think it's okay. Do you use it I think it's a bit it's a bit naff. Mm. Um, I use it more in a grounded sense, not in the not in the visioning piece or yep. the strategic exploratory piece. I use it more when when it's like we're talking about this project. When we get to the end, what is it that you want to have happened? So mm. I think it's okay to use it on a bit more of an operational process perspective. Yeah. But success, I would more say, you know, what are your aspirations? How do we know? Um, that things have gone well, or you know, yeah, I, I, I find it's very, it's a little bit jarring. Just what success looks like. Yeah, yeah. it's in a, it's just sort of epic out. Um, are, there, <laughs> are there other things that are sort of banned from your like past consulting life oh, that you gosh. don't bring into ensemble? I think there's this thing about walking into a room and being like. I'm a consultant. I've seen it all before. I'm going to own the space. I've diagnosed you before. Yeah. You've even opened your mouth. Yeah. Like I find that incredibly a really arrogant point of view. Yeah. And I think actually it's the wrong role for an advisor to take. I think you're not there to have all the solutions. You're there to comp- add value and maybe bring it together at the end. But you're actually there to facilitate a process yeah. and drive really deep conversations. So it was something that I learned being quite young in the space and also looking quite young as well when I started Which the previous business. Which you still do. Business. Oh, thanks. Stop, stop. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit less young now that I've had the baby. A few more, few more wrinkles it. under the eyes. But um, it was, you know, I would walk in and I think people would be a little bit shocked, like why does our strategic advisor look why 15 years old? Why this little girl <laughs> yeah, tell us exactly. about our long-term right? strategy? Yeah. And so I had to flip that on its head and use mm. it as my strength mm. and be like, I can't play that role of I've seen it all before, I know, I know what the solution is already. I had to do that. I'm going to ask fantastic questions yep. and we're going to create hypotheses and I'm going to go off and do some more research and then we're going to test it. And and it was that. It was more the cutting edge, something different, something new. Mm. And that's even though I am quite a bit older now, I've brought that with me yeah. because I, I think it provides more value than the, the, the traditional you're hiring me because I've, I've been across all the networks and I've seen it all. Yeah. Mm. Sort of like um, – you know, a big part of it is noticing things that are different and observing them and playing them back um, about dynamics using your experience. Yep. So you might step into a situation and say, hey, um, I think this is a really good conversation, but hey, Joe, I've noticed you haven't said anything yes. and you seem to be a little bit yes. you know, frustrated by Mark's comment earlier. Yes. Yeah, oh, there's, a, there's a lot of that. And I've got a million facilitation yeah. techniques when yeah. you're in a room and there's yeah. just one loud yeah. voice that's yeah. going again. It's like, okay, now we'll do some things in pairs and yeah. now there's some individual reflection yeah. and let's bring it. A lot of it, the value is in the process and making sure mm. the right voices are heard and balanced mm. and then using my sometimes outsider perspective of not understanding the complexities of a space yeah. to ask some of the stupid questions yeah. and then bring it together in a way. Like at the moment I'm working in with with health promotion, mm. very, very complicated space for people who are not within yeah. the health promotion yeah. sector. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many lenses now and they're very important when yeah. we talk about equity and intersectionality and all of that. Mm. 
But for a, for a layperson who's just looking for how do they live a healthier life, mm. it's very hard to navigate. Yeah. So how do we make things accessible and speak to different audiences, mm. I think? Yeah, that's really that's really well said. Um, yeah, I think – and it sounds to me like you've come a fair way in terms of your thinking where now you believe that a lot of the richness and insight comes from the room, not what's on the paper. So much. much. Is that so much? Yeah. I think so. I think the paper's important because it needs to bring people who haven't been in the process along the journey. Mm. So we still need the beautiful sort of golden thread of strategy, which goes from the why to the what to the how, yeah. and you know what's unique about this and the contribution it's going to make. Mm. But it doesn't need to be bloody war and peace. Yeah, like it should just be easily communicated, yeah. useful. And here's then, a diagram. Here's a donut. Here's, here's a, well, right, good old Kate. Kate, right, like. what up? <laughs> <laughs> she, do you reckon she just if, really if enjoys? To this, no. do, you, do you reckon honestly she just had, like, she was obsessed with donuts? I and think she would so. go and find the best donuts. I'm actually going to see her again at um, the Social Enterprise World Forum yes, in Brisbane. I'm going to be there. The oh, great. I'm going to be there with you, buddy. Yay. Yep. We can eat donuts while we sit w- in the crowd. While we watch Kate Rayworth. <laughs> Is she going to be there in person or not? Uh, I don't know. Um, she's sure. never in person. Yeah. She's usually in her home. Did you see um, that one where she was doing it at home and her, and her cat came across yeah, her did. and she didn't miss a beat and she yeah. just stroked She's the cat used to it. the rest cat, of time. Cats go everywhere apparently, <laughs> so you just got to kind of put up with that. But, you know, being dog people as we I are, know. it's just sort of a moot point. I mean, a cat is really like a um, diet dog really, <laughs> wouldn't you say? It's like dog zero. Oh, that. You don't want to enter that. So You're scared good. of offending cat people. Oh, I can see you there just fa- sitting back. It's just fantastic. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, um, hey, we, we should probably get on with our work days a little probably. bit. Probably. But um, <laughs> this is so good catching up with you. And, um, like, I think you've given a really good synopsis uh, of Ensemble. Obviously, you're not actually taking new clients all the time. But yeah. if people want to um, apply to work with you, uh, how can they learn more about your terrific work? Yeah, look, we've got a website and all mm-hmm. of that. So Ensemble Strategy. Um, my email is just felicity at ensemblestrategy.com. No .au because it's already really long, um, not because of our global ambitions, um, or hit me up on LinkedIn. Yeah, but do you have global ambitions? It's important. Uh, undecided. <laughs> it wouldn't be – it would be – we're looking at different ways to scale our impact, not the size of our organisation. That yeah. means partnering with, like, awesome people that are doing things, and we've started a bit of that. So watch this space. Watch this space. Well, thank you so much for coming, and uh, let's continue our chat offline. Thanks so much, Mike. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and why not share it with a friend or two? If you want more from your Humans of Purpose experience, become a Humans of Purpose member today through our new platform, Supercast. All you need to do is hit the link in our show notes. If you have a message to share with our audience about your brand, products or services, we have a wide variety of paid promotional packages available. Please get in touch by hitting the link in our show notes.